just two weeks ago, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Tawny Katane in what I am only to assume is one of her last interviews ever. Tawny was full of life, generous, pleasant. We talked for almost two hours. She followed up afterwards in a series of texts. She asked me to hopefully connect with her daughter in New York, who was close by to where I live. She lit up when she talked about her children. She was just so pleasant. We talked about, I'm going to the OC in a month. We talked about me staying with her. I said, you don't even know me. We just had a chat for the podcast. She said, yeah, I, 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 I know you. I mean, how generous and kind and open-hearted is that? She was an actress, an 80s music video vixen. She was a legend. She's been on many of our favorite reality TV shows, Botched, The Surreal Life, Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. She's been in movies. She was starred with Tom Hanks in Bachelor Party. Best known possibly for the Here I Go Again video by Whitesnake. She talked about how Paula Abdul was the choreographer on that video and basically showed up and said, I don't even know why I was hired. This girl doesn't need choreography. She was just full of stories. Really one of the kindest, most generous, just amazing people that I've interviewed. What follows is an unedited version of that chat. I wanted to do her justice. I didn't want to take anything out. We talk about it all, her full career. Everything I just summed up is below is is about you're about to hear it from her mouth and this is this is two weeks old and she was just full of life and so happy and we had such a good time literally one of my favorite guests ever so I want to do her justice and just say that she was totally a ray of sunshine and I hope you guys enjoyed this interview hey everyone this is David welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only Miss Tawny Katane. Hi, David. How are you today? I am hanging in there, but I was mentioning that I do not know how to put on makeup. I am a surfer chick from Southern California. All I've ever done is get out of the waves, right? Flip the hair. But for you, because I love you, thank you. I put, you're welcome. I put on mascara, my eyes are dripping, my nose is dripping. Do you, you love me? I, well, first of all, I still love you, but don't you think Thank people you. would be shocked to find out that Tawny Katane doesn't know how to put on makeup? I, I, do, I don't. I really? don't. You know, and you know why though, David? Because A, I didn't, I had freckles and like I said, I was a surfer chick and always tan, so I didn't need it. And then when I started working, like I had people do my makeup my entire life. So I never learned, I never learned how to do it. This is what happens when I get, I guess that might happen to a lot of famous people when you're just famous at like an early age, right? Um, yeah, no, I, I became, I mean, famous at 18. Um, and I think most girls probably know how to do their makeup by the time they're 18. I don't know what happened. Oh, my goodness. 
No, I think you're just getting a call or something. You're there. No, I, my battery. I don't know why my battery. Wait, we're doing good. Oh, David, what a day this has been, hasn't it? I'm going to have to deal with all my computer issues on my other computer after this. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what was yes, I going to say? Well, I- you became famous at 18, but you had a lot going on before that. Two things in particular. Yes, I, let's I have questions. Okay, well, first of all, um, is this true that you self-appointed yourself your own name, Tawny, when you were a young child? You gave yourself this name. I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old. I was walking. My parents just got divorced. Didn't want to be Julie, the, you know, the, the surfer chick anymore. Living on welfare, powdered eggs, powdered milk, welfare apartments, horrible. So I'm on my way to my first day of school. And there were a couple boys in front of me. One called the other one Tawny. And I went, that's it. And I introduced myself to my teacher as Tawny. Like, you can't do that today. No, you can't. You can't. You You need identification. You need, you know, a whole bunch. I even, David, I even went to the DMV at 16 with no ID. Told them my name was Tawny Katane. And got my driver's license. You can't even walk into God knows, like nowhere. You can't even walk into Starbucks with a fake name. No, you can't. No, you can't. Where, Uh, how'd you come up with this name? You know, it's not like Julie or Sue or all these other names. No, and thank you for reminding me because I was with a, um, um, an agent, ICM, and I'm sitting around the table with a bunch of agents. And this one woman says, you know, I've already done like five movies by this time. So this was out of left field. And she's like, you know, do you think there's any way we can change your name? And I'm like, well, I've been down that road before. Like, why would you want to change it? And she goes, well, it kind of sounds like a stripper from San Francisco. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. I, Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But you're like, it's sorry, the name's not changing. It was, it was I mean, I would maybe like to, because I like my, I mean, I'm older now, so it's like, Julie, I really like that name. It's really, it really suits me. It's, it's cute. It's sweet. It's all those things I think I am. I mean, you're older, you can say what you think you are, you know? Yes. So um, I just, but it was like too late at that point. It was like. It's too uh, late. You, you remember Julie Katane from Bachelor Party? Everybody be going, no. Right. No. Listen, I'm all about a unique name. I'm here for it. Anyone like that names their children something unique. I am, I am all for it. Honestly. <laughs> Do you know what my kids' names are? What? Tell me. Winter and Rainy. I love it. Spelled with a Y, and Rainy has an E at the end. Well, and now we have Stormy, which is uh, Kylie Jenner's 20, child. 20 years later. Maybe she copied you. Maybe she um, heard about your children. Well, as a matter of fact, funny you should say that, David. Um, oh, boy. What's his name? Um, oh gosh, 
related to that. He was a um, he was a talk show host. So so it goes in People magazine. Tony Katane had a baby. She named it Winter um, Marin Finley. Blah blah blah. Six months later, um, not Geraldo. Someone like that copied me letter for letter and named their child after. And I was like, dude, that's really blatant. Like it's in people also and I can see it. And that doesn't just happen. Like the same spelling and everything. No, no. Uh-uh. Well, another thing that I, I, I don't know if this is true either, is that you went to a Peter Frampton concert and saw you were invited backstage yeah. I'm not, I won't ask any questions about how that happened. No, I was always the, I was the Jewish good girl all the time. I was raised, I was, so yeah, you can ask me how I got backstage, which is kind of a cute story. Tell us. Um, I told my dad that I wanted to go to the concert and I wanted to go backstage and he wrote a note. He said, will you please let my daughter go backstage with a couple of her girlfriends. I know like some security guard that was working the venue and they actually gave us passes. Like you can't do that. Times have certainly changed. Times have certainly changed. But the cute thing, I was wearing a tube top and like I put my pass, David, right here, like right between the boobs I didn't have. Right there, what my backstage pass. Well, that didn't hurt, I'm sure. No, there was nothing to hurt. No. (laughs) And then when you were back there, you saw how Peter's girlfriend got full access VIP, and you're like, I want that position. Absolutely. I want what she's having. Like, um, I didn't realize, I thought backstage meant you know, you could go anywhere. And we were um, corralled in this little, like, two-by-four area. And there was this girl who could go anywhere she wanted. She was climbing the trusses with her camera. She was, you know, she, like when Peter had to go use the porta bodies, like there were guards surrounding him. She was able to go in there with him. I was like, what position is that called? And I found that it was called girlfriend or wife. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm going to get me one of those. You're like, that's not such a bad setup, right? No, not a bad setup at all. Well, you accomplished it pretty quickly because... Talk about manifestation. Yeah. I mean... So, I mean, how did you start dating Robin Crosby, the rat guitarist? Um, you're so cute, David. And first of all, love the artwork behind you. It's pink. Love. If anyone didn't know I was gay from just saying hello to them on the Behind the Velvet Roll podcast, (laughs) the fact that, I mean, so my apartment is like literally 50 shades of gray. We have dark gray, light gray. It's just me, but like, it's all gray. No, no brown, no black, and some white. And then that pink you see is a pop of color. It's just that Oh pink. my God, it is fantastic. Are you in New York? I am. Can you I tell can this see, is New York? I can, you well, can tell. I can see the shadows on the paintings. And, and it's just, I mean, the lacquer, it's just been 
fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. I was in a much bigger apartment at one point and I bought it for then. And then like I downsized and I'm like, no, these are not staying. Like I will take these wherever I go. Absolutely. And if not, I will send them to my girlfriend, Tawny Julie Katane. If I ever get rid of them, they will come to you. They were commissioned. They were like one of a kind. Like I hired this artist. Yeah. Like she had something similar, like on a much smaller scale. And like this apartment, the ceilings were huge. And I was like, no, no, no. I need something really big. And she just came up with it. And I was like. Is she still around? I think so. It's, It's light work. It's like working with like different prisms or something. I don't know. And she captures it. She's, I, it's trust me it was really interesting and she did it like this custom piece for me is it is it like resin over the top of it no it's plexi it's plexiglass it's, it's you don't realize how those things are so like the back of it is like it's it's three-dimensional almost like it's not against the wall there's like a whole back right no i can see yeah I can it's just it's phenomenal i love it's plexi, it plexi and it's, I love it. they're both heavy as fuck excuse my language yeah. oh can we say that oh yeah you can say anything you want fuck i didn't know if i was gonna yeah be yeah you're to... entitled to yeah. i always tread lightly i have offended one or two just one guest i think she wasn't thrilled in have... my mouth. she wasn't offended but she was i just she made a comment and that's she all i need girls she made a comment. I'm like, okay, well, mental no, David, don't say that again. This particular <laughs> guest. And I have had a listener who I love dearly who just said that my mouth is filthy, but she still listens. And I said, I mean, I'm from me. Like, there's nothing I can do. Like, I can't change it at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can take the boy out of New York, but you can't take New York out of the boy. I have just- a filthy mouth. I mean, there's not, I don't know where it came from. It just is what it is. Doesn't it feel good? Kind of. It does. I mean, I, my favorite word, like that word is like, like up, like the top. But I just love just going shit. Oh, shit. The F word is by far my favorite. Yeah, it is. It is. But, but, but shit. You like that one? I don't really say shit a lot. I mean, it just covers everything. And I don't feel like. Like, if you get offended with that, like, maybe you shouldn't be in my life. Well, our world has gone a little crazy with what people are offended by. You think? I think I was talking about this the other day. I really think at some point soon, there is going to be a whole counter revolution. And just people are... Because people who are getting canceled, like, you know, Chris Harrison from The Bachelor, like, people are now hiring lawyers and, like, fighting back. Like, I just think are there's going to be really? a Yeah. I just think there's going to be a whole, whether you agree with this side or that side, I'm just predicting that there is going to be a something, something the tides are going to turn in this whole, because you know what it is, like, when I speak to certain people one-on-one, off air, a lot of people are not thrilled with this cancel culture that we have. And so makes me think that just a lot of people are going to start just breaking and just being like, I've had enough and I'm, I have an opinion and I'm going to speak. Right. Right. You know, I mean, listen, it's gotten to the point where like you and I really, really, I mean, can we, but really shouldn't talk about the Sharon Osbourne thing. But I have to tell you, I miss seeing her. On the show, she's why I tuned in. I tuned in because 
She, she gave it to you straight. She told you exactly what was on, whether you liked it or not. And I, I, you know, I fall right in the middle where it's like, I want to hear what you have to say. And I, I used to want to hear what you have to say, but your side has just gone completely crazy. Um, but like, I, I want to hear everything and then make up my own mind and then go, okay, you know what? Better minds or smarter minds prevail. Like it's my, it's my opinion too. And I really, to circle that around and talk about Sharon Osbourne, like, I don't know what's right, what's wrong, but I mean, when it came to that whole situation, but I, I miss her on the talk. Do you, did you ever meet her? Like, do you ever, do you know the Osbournes at all? You, you know, our paths have crossed on so many occasions because of the rock and roll. And, you know, um, I don't know if you know, but Rudy Sarzo, who was the bass player for my husband's band, um, was uh, Ozzy's uh, bass player. And he was actually so horrible. Um, he was in the bus that Randy Rhodes, who was the guitar player for Ozzy, was in um, when they were supposed to be sleeping. And Randy got into the small Cessna plane with a buddy and they crashed in the bus and died. Wow. And, and he was, he's like, he was like Eddie, not, he was just under Eddie Van Halen, but Randy Rhodes is considered one of the greatest rock guitar players. And the trauma that Rudy went through, the plane crashed into the bus and killed them. I mean, it, it just crazy, but that was Sharon's band. Some of the shenanigans that I've heard that Sharon did to the guy, like, like, um, have you ever been on a band bus? I've been on one, yeah. Okay, well, I've we'll never traveled across. How you got on? No, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. Although, don't put that past me. No, nothing that exciting. But I have been on one. I've just never traveled across country with the bands on. Oh, they are the best. They are, like, I have insomnia. You want to put me to sleep? Put me on one of those. Like, it's like a big uh, adult um, washing machine. Like, you know, for babies that you put on and you, like, rock them to bed. But what she would do is there are these um, beds that are called um, uh, the cribs. The, the, um, uh, when you, when you die, you put them in the uh, coffins. Okay, so they're called coffins. She would put cornflakes in the sheets of the corn. So you're late. It's night. You're done with your gig. You're exhausted. You've taken a shower. You climb into your coffin, and there's cornflakes. So, I mean, and that is like the least of... So Sharon would put cornflakes in their bed? They would put cornflakes, and then um, Ozzy would... Um, so at the Four Seasons, you know how, like, people, the guys would put their shoes out to be cleaned and, you know, polished? He would go to the bathroom in the shoes of the guy. I mean, just... They were doing stuff like this on the road. And wait, how do you know this? Because your connection is... My connection is um, my ex-husband, um, who knows Sharon and Ozzy very well. Rudy Sarzo, the bass player for Ozzy, who then played with Whitesnake. Um, 
Steve Vai, who played with Ozzy. It's like a big rock and roll. David is like a big high school. And, and we all know each other. And then when we're done dating, we date someone else within our high school. So it's kind of fun. What else did he tell you about Sharon? Like, what are some other fun Sharon Osbourne oh, stories? Oh, Sharon, Sharon. And now I follow her and I don't follow too many people on social media. She has got a wicked sense of humor. I, um, she's so funny, but she is a tough, tough businesswoman. And I'll just say this. I would never want to be on the other side of going against Sharon Osbourne in a legal matter. Not for a second. She is, she's tough. She she's gets tough. what she wants. She gets what she wants. And, 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 you know, speaking, I mean, talking and how we brought this up was cancel culture. And she got freaking booted from that show. I'm, I'm shocked that she's gone, to tell you the truth. I, I know. And I loved her on it. Didn't you love her on that show? I mean, the thing is, like, you need someone that will just speak on that show. It, it's counterbalance, you know? Exactly. When everybody's opinion is the same, it's like, okay, snooze fest. Like, I'm, I'm dying here. Like, help. And that's what Sharon did. Sharon brought that. And um, now it's not like that anymore. And I, and I stopped watching the show. Unless I, they want to offer me the fifth chair, then I'll take it. Well, you would be perfect. Thank you. Did you, did your husband, I mean, I guess Kelly and Jack were really young back when he was involved. Or were they not even around? No, they were on the road. They were on the road um, quite a bit. Um, but um, I never, I never had the chance to meet them. But what fine young adults the two of them turned into. Yeah. Really, really good, good human beings. I agree. Yeah. So, yes, rock and roll is like a high school and everyone just dates everyone. It really is. I mean, you remember being in high school, like you break up with Jimmy and David's available, right? Or Steve's available or... So with Rob, he was at the um, circle back to answer your question because I'm professional. You are. Um, I am. He was at the re, um, the uh, rival high school, and I heard his school was having a dance. And I went to the high. I went to their high school, and I saw him in the auditorium, and our eyes locked, and. I was 16 and I was with him until the day he died. So it was just chemistry. Yeah. It was just, it was total chemistry. And he died he, of AIDS. He did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, well, were you always a rocker chick? Were you always like in that world? Like loving, like, did you love the music? I did. I love the music. Or just I the boys. <laughs> I, yeah. I love, you know what? It's so bizarre. I loved the boys that looked like, girls i love those pretty boys and um and yeah i just i just i've always had a thing for guys with long hair that were really really pretty 
That was your type. I'm listening. That was my type. It was. And still, if one walked in today, I'd be like, hi. You still love the long-haired rocker look. Yeah. They don't age well. Some of them do. Um, But, um, you know, at a point, you you just, you've got to cut the hair. It just, on a 70-year-old, just doesn't. And a lot of them don't cut the hair. And a lot of them don't. And it's sad. Who do you think has, like, aged well out of, like, the rocker boys? God, that's a really good question, David. Or, Um, like, the music boys, I guess you could say. Yeah. No, rocker boys are are fine. Um, Well, okay, if you're going to go music, Rick Springfield has aged really well. Um... Uh, my, my, oh no, not right. Yeah, um, David Lee Roth, you know, he cut his hair and he just was like, okay, this is me now. Like, I feel like, and tell me where you are with this. Yeah. You pick an age and you go, all right, this is, I'm going to grow old from here. Because you can't keep doing the nip tuck and look like Catwoman and have it just have all your friends talking about you behind your back. I completely agree with that. I do. I thought that this age was that when COVID started, because when COVID started, like I started putting on weight. I mean, nothing major. I'm still like in shape. But it was going in the the wrong direction. And I'm like, this maybe is just the age, David. It's fine. You've held out at least 10 to 15 years more than most in your your category. And (laughs) you have fooled people. And just this is it, man. Just do what everyone else has been doing for like 10 to 20 years. Just accept it. You look great, by the way. You look great. Yeah. Well, then at some point I was like, no, this isn't the age. I got to figure this out. No, I still have lots of pants don't fit because of COVID, but I have slowly started pulling back to like, no, I mean, I I never stopped all the injectables though. That wasn't, that was not an option. I was like the minute the shit opened in New York city, I was like, uh, it's been five months, honey. I I need my appointment like today. So that I never stopped. Say injectables. The, do you, okay. So uh, these, like, if you look at my mom, you look at me as a kid, I have never had, um, I've, I've never had um, filler. Really? they my cheeks. I've never done anything. But I did this Botox thing about two and a half years ago, and I haven't needed Botox. Um, it was a guy from, like, Saudi Arabia, where he brought some of the stuff over, where our FDA says no. But this stuff would be like the killer Botox. It's been two and a half years and I still don't need Botox. Wow. I know. I mean, I would have hopped on a plane and flown. I I assume you're in LA. I'm just making that assumption. I'm in Newport Beach. Okay, same thing. No, it's nicer than LA. I was in, I was there in November. I came for a visit. I'm out there often. Oh, you are? So do you hit, ever go to Laguna? That's where I was, yeah. Okay, okay, so I'm Newport right next to it. Okay. You've got to come, you got to come stay with me. We're going to hang. We're going to yeah. hang. 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm close to making another round. I, I need to come out there and make the rounds. Just LA and then come down there. Really? Exactly. Like no, people to see. The doctors? They're all local in New York. Oh, they but, are. but I've never done anything other than just, you know, injectables and Botox. I've never done yeah. anything major, which right. I know you have done in your young life. What have I done? Well, I mean, not on your face, but you were on Botch, the, yeah. the amazing show Botch, where you had your breasts done. I did. No, I had them taken out. Yeah, you had Terry fix them. Yeah. And then, um, and then I lived without them for two and a half years and went, what am I doing? And then went and had them put back in. Really? Yeah. Okay, so let's slow it down for a minute. So how did you even get involved with Botch to begin with? They called me. They called and they said, is there anything you want? And I should have totally gone for like, you know, a tummy tuck. Um, I should have gone for like a lower facelift. I should have like really, but they need you to go for something that you're not really, really happy with. Right. And, and it was like, um, my boobs, I woke up, I had them done. I woke up. And David, I asked for like a C and I woke up and they were like a D plus and I couldn't see from, like, I, like I couldn't see my vagina. You mean back when you first got them done? When I got the D plus, I couldn't see, I'm like trying to shave I'm like, okay, I've already lasered. Are we going to laser again? I couldn't. It was like I was pregnant again, except for my belly was up here. And so I said, all right, take these out. Take these out. And um, they took them out. And like, I, you know, two and a half years, I, I was going through a Gwen Stefani phase. Like I wanted to be Gwen. And so I said, take these out. I'm going to be Gwen Stefani. And after two years, I went, Gwen, you can be Gwen. I need to be me. And so I, I put them back in, but I made sure that they were the right size. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day. That causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turn to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. 
Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash velvet rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. So wait, so you have, a, wait, Terry didn't give you the D's, right? He's the one that took the D's No, out. no, some other doctor did. Way back, and then Terry Way took back. them out. And then Terry took them out. And then you've got them back in, or back Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about a, um, like a small C. So it's, 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 it's appropriate, you know, it, it fits me. Were you, how, like, how was the botch experience? Did you love Terry and Paul? Or no? Did I like them? Yeah, they're really nice guys. They're really, really sweet, sweet guys. And and ironically enough, speaking of rock and roll, Rudy Sarzo, again, the bass player for Ozzy, the bass player for Whitesnake, played in a band called Quiet Riot. And do you know who else played in Quiet Riot? Terry DeBro's brother. I do know this. Oh, you do know this. Come on, feel the noise, Tawny. Come on, feel the noise. I'm so proud of you. I mean, I'm more, were you into like, because I mean, I was more into like, I mean, if I didn't know I was gay, I mean, I was into like Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, Paula. Do were you... the Go-Go's, were you into like any of that type of music or you were just into like the, I mean, as far as like music or it was all, you like Oh, I'm extremely eclectic. I mean, from Bach, Beethoven to, I mean, that's all David and I listened to was classical music. Um, But yeah, I listened, I was totally into Madonna, um, uh, Paula Abdul, actually came and um, she was hired to train me to do the gym, the, uh, all the dancing on the cars for the video. And I, she said, so what's your background? And I said, well, I was a ballerina and a gymnast. She said, okay, show me what you got. So I got on the top of the cars and I started dancing and she turned around to the director and, and she went, she doesn't need me. And she left. Really? She left and the director went, all right, action. And just let me do whatever I wanted to on top of the cars. I didn't even know Paula Abdul was hired to do the training for the Whitesnake video. Or yeah, choreography. But, but how cool is that of her to go, what have, what have you got? Show me and go, girl, you got this. Like, uh, I, bye. And, and like, didn't even, like, take credit. I mean, she, well, she didn't, but could have said that was my choreography, could have been. But Paula is probably, if you have you met her? 
I've met her. She is like one of the sweetest girls on the planet. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally a sweetheart. Total sweetheart. Yeah. She could have stayed and said like, I want my paycheck. I want credit. Exactly. Exactly. Did you ever connect with her again after that? Like, I imagine you went to tons of Grammys. um, I did, but the sweetest was I ran into her at um, um, one of the uh, hotels in Vegas. Oh, God, I forgot which one. Beautiful hotel in Vegas. And um, I was walking in, and she was at the front desk, and she just happened to turn around, and we saw each other. And we went running into each other's arms, and hugging and like how are you how are you just I mean I want the world to know like that girl is so there's nothing fake about her she's just such a good girl she is such a good girl love her love Paula what about did you ever meet like Madonna um did I ever meet Madonna no I didn't meet Madonna. I did get jealous, though, because Rob, my first boyfriend, told me that he met her at a Grammy party and that he had fallen in love with her. And I was like, oh, my, like, Madonna's my competition? This is not cool. This is not going to end well. And, um, And I don't think they ever ended up hooking up or anything, but... It was it was a good make Tony jealous for a few moments there. I was gonna say Madonna gets what she wants. Madonna gets what she wants, exactly. And rightly so. The girl's talented. Did you ever have like you know, meeting all these people like Paula's so amazing? Like, did you ever have like a oh my god, this person is horrible? I'm sure you've met some that you're just like, this person needs to get over themselves and they were so rude to me and like I am what you know when i tell you the one person that was like that you're gonna be like what like are you kidding me um so before i started doing my before my career happened i was in love with steve barton i'm at the beverly center he's there I get up the nerve to walk up and ask him for his autograph. And he looks at me and he goes, no. And like gives me a gesture and turns around and walks away. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. And I was like, well, they sure named that movie appropriately. I mean, what? I mean, he was such a jerk. I mean, listen. He could have been, you can't, like they always say, you can't judge someone on their worst moment. Maybe he was having one, but that's, I suck it up. Like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm not going to let you walk away 
thinking I'm not a really nice person. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because you know? like they didn't do anything and they're just right. adoring you with love, so to speak. So why would you take it out on them? Just hold it for five minutes and then have a bad day in five minutes. Exactly. And then that story goes into a bigger story. And, you know, it's just, and it's such a small world. It's such a small world. Stuff like that comes back and bites you, especially when you're in the business, you know? So, yeah, that was kind of disappointing to me. What about the opposite? Like where you met someone and you thought maybe they would be like really difficult and they were like, wow, this person's like, I thought she was going to be such a diva or a he or whatever. And you're like, they were the nicest ever. I will tell you that I went to a movie premiere at Groman's and um, <clears throat> they were having the after party across the street at that hotel that's across the street from Groman's. And the, 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 the ballroom was empty. There was a guy standing in the middle of the room with his back to me. He was staring at the stage. He was all alone in there. And David, it was like, it, it was like someone came with a spitzer. Like I could feel this guy's energy. Like I it just, it took up the whole room and I got goosebumps and I was like, what what's what's going on like I didn't even think that a human being could have that much he turned around and looked at me and I almost died and fell off you know like fell on the ground didn't know who he was at the time because he hadn't he wasn't such a big star at that point but then later I recognized him and it was Brad Pitt Wait, okay, so he was, how is this? Like, okay, go back. Like, you just, you were at the premiere and he was there. I was at the premiere. I was at the party, at the after party, waiting for everybody to get there. And he was, and there was this guy alone in the ballroom, just taking in the scenery. And I'm standing like 20 feet behind him. And there's this charisma, like electricity in the room. And I'm like, is it coming off of a person? Is there a light bulb out? Like, what's the deal? And he like slowly in slow motion turns around and looks at me. And and this was, um, what was that first movie he did with uh, Susan Sarandon and... Um, Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. And he had just done that movie, but it hadn't come out yet. So I see this face. And I'm like, and my body just becomes like one big goosebumps. And I'm like, why? Why is this happening? And then the movie came out and I saw it and I went, oh my God, that's the guy from the ballroom. And, and, it, and I mean, that's how much charisma this guy, this man has. Wow. It's insane. And, and she even remember... Like, you know, six months later, that face, I, it just unbelievable, blew me away. That's what they say about certain people. They just have that where they just like, it's true. Yeah. What about, so do most people that, you know, recognize you out, is it always the White Snake video? You know, I, 
I am, um, okay, so you know the conventions, right? You know the conventions yes. theme? Well, I have been to many of those conventions. Okay, so you know, like, there's, there's a horror, the H-O, not the W-H, the horror convention, the rock and roll convention, the movie convention. There's a, I fit into every single one of those categories. There's like the 80s convention. You fall into the that 80s too. conventions, the, everything. So I, I never know what somebody, I mean, I, I've gotten pretty good at reading like a person like, like, oh, they're going to sign, know me from Seinfeld. They're going to know me from Married with Children. They're going to know me from, that's when my kids gather. But, um, um, yeah, where was I going with that, David? Because I asked you if it's, because, I mean, the White Snake video is legendary. Like, that's how we it, first met you. It, it, well, I had done Bachelor Party, and a, I mean, it just goes to show you, you can be in a huge movie, and television overtakes doing any movie by, you know, tenfold. I was in what they call a heavy rotation, as you know, with MTV. And the video was played every, like, three minutes. And because of that, yeah, most people, like, if you go Tawny Katane, bachelor party, they're like, Tawny Katane sounds familiar. Give me something else. They go, the White Snake videos. They go, got it. Yeah. So, yeah, the videos of, yeah. I agree. I think the, for them. I know. Yeah. I except you know, there's one that is the. I think TV. The power of TV. I think because it repeats. You're in people's homes. I think the power of TV is the strongest. I I agree. It it really is. I think <clears throat> I think people automatically think oh movie star, but it, it just it doesn't bring it home the way the smaller screen does which seems like it's a reverse, like it should be the other way around. It's, it's not. It's, television is extremely powerful. And now, I mean, the lines are blurred because you have these huge, like, movie stars that have done, like Drew Barrymore has done television. I don't even mean her talk show. She was like Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix and like Glenn Close with Damages. Like we have, there's such blurred lines now. Okay, so then let me ask you a question. So Steven Spielberg comes out and says, if a movie hasn't been played, which I'm sure you know this, he said that if a movie hasn't been played on a big screen, it shouldn't be considered a movie for the Oscars. But so many people don't go to the movies anymore. They watch everything on their television. Do you agree with that? What do you think about that? No, I mean, I just think especially now, like I know people that say they're never going to go to a movie theater again. Right, right. Yeah, with everything that's been going on. Yeah, and you've had all these movies, you know, for 2020 only on demand and Netflix and everything. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's going to go back now and nothing will be there first, but like you don't even have to wait that long to get it like even if it is only in the theaters like what you have to wait three months four months like i don't know well and not only that but how long does it really last when it's in the theater anyway 
It's like there for a weekend, maybe the next weekend. And then it's on your small screen anyway. So I, I think it's all changing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's all, I mean, I mean and movies are still getting made. So it's almost like, why does Steven Spielberg care? Cause you're still making your <laughs> movies. Like you're getting your paycheck and making these blockbusters. <laughs> why do you care if it's released immediately onto Netflix? If every other movie is being released, that's the new norm. Right. Right. And <clears throat> why does he even care anyway? The guy's worth a trillion dollars. A, a trillion. So I don't think, listen, I don't think, I don't think we need to feel sorry in this chat for Steven Spielberg, okay? Oh my God. I also don't think we need to feel sorry for your Bachelor Party co-star, Tom Hanks. No, we don't. We don't. How was working with him? I mean, the rumor is he's like, he's, is he nice? Um... You, you know what? He is exactly, <clears throat> exactly what you would think. He is such a good guy. Um, the interesting thing about him is that when we were, my dog Steve, I swear, I, he thinks he's got a Zoom meeting. Well, like every, you can welcome him. Every, this is Steve Finley. Hello. Um, he is uh, Rob in Reincarnated. So he's a rock star. This is a rock star dog. I love um, that. But, um, um, so, oh my goodness. What is it? Is it my hay fever that I can't even remember? Or we were just... We, about we were, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. So the thing about Tom, which is very telling for his future, was in between scenes, he would sit in the trailer and read Time Magazine. And all the other guys were goofing off and being, you know, doing their shtick. And Tom was very serious about what was going on in the world, you know? And so to me, what he's doing now um, were glimpses that I got every time I'd go in to just sit down and have a chat with him. You know, he was reading Time or Newsweek, which not too many actors, I can say, were doing that. Um, on the flip side, I would so, because he's so good at this, I would love to see him, whether it's, excuse me, with me or somebody else, but do another, like, bachelor party, too, where... Our kid is getting married. Like, he needs to do, like, I'm his agent. He needs to do, like, a lighthearted comedy. He's good at those. You know? I mean, everything is so heavy and so Newsweek and time-oriented. You know? Um, I I would love to see him do a, a, a nice comedy. He's so good. And rumor, I mean, that's the rumor on him, that he's like one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Yeah, and it's true. It's really true. And I'm so, I'm just a grateful girl. I got to marry him three different times, three different locations. They weren't sure how they really wanted the wedding to go. So I got to spend three full days marrying Tom Cruise. So I'm, I'm special. I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. 
No, no. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Bad. What about, you mentioned married with children. What was that like? I loved doing that show. Whenever you're a guest star, and I've had my own show, so I know what it's like when when a guest star shows up. Christine Applegate, the greatest gal, the sweetest, like, forget it. I, have you seen Dead to Me? It's phenomenal. Oh my God, please. Like somebody create an award. Give her an award for that show. And, well, you know, I think it's gone. I think it's canceled. I think it's part of the whole Netflix is canceling everything. No. I'm 90% sure. And I think part of it was, I thought they were coming back for like one more season. I think it's COVID related that they're just not doing it now. Okay. So at the end of the second season, there, it did say that it was coming back. I'm pretty sure. I think it's gone. Oh my God, no. Well, same thing. Like, did you ever watch Glow about women's wrestling on Netflix? It was, it was supposed to be, it was phenomenal. I, I, we were supposed to have a season four and it was, it's COVID. It's not happening. Really? Just like the timing now and like everyone's going on to other projects, you know, most of the people, it's not happening. Okay. Did you see you? Amazing. Amazing. So I've had on Jackie Tan from Glow, but I also had on Amber Childers from You. She's the one that plays Penn Bagley's original girlfriend that then comes back. The the blonde? Yes. Yeah. You is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I mean, if we, so are we not going to get a third season? I think with that, we are. I'm pretty sure. I think there's a third season coming. I'm pretty sure. I think there's a third. It's, you know, that show was on Lifetime in the beginning and nobody watched it. I think it was Lifetime. Nobody watched it. I watched it because I'll watch anything that anyone from Gossip Girl has ever been in. And then they, they put it on Netflix and it had like a whole awakening when it was on Netflix, huge. And then it moved to Netflix. So season one on Netflix really was on lifetime first and like nobody watched it i had no idea the power of netflix and then when it went on to net it got it went wild and yeah it's still it's still like when it's still up there like when you click in like on top like the most popular shows it's still there it's so well done it's so he how phenomenal is he Penn Bagley was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh, oh my God. They can't leave us hanging. No, I think, I'm pretty sure it's coming back. So Christina Applegate, very nice. The best. You know, it just went out of her way. Went out of her way to be super, super nice. And then, um, so we shot, I think it was Paramount. We shot, and of course... Um, since I was a guest star, um, I had my parking space was like on the other side of the earth. And um, Ed O'Neill, um, we shot Friday nights, table read Monday, uh, executive producers, walkthroughs, da da da. 
Friday we shoot audience. He was so sweet. He said, can I give you a ride to your car? I was like, you're Ed O'Neill. Like I'm just starting. Like you're going to give me a ride to my car. And, and I, so I said, sure. And he was just like, okay, you did a really, really good job. And I just want to thank you for doing our show. And I'm like, who does this? Like these big stars, they don't do that. No. That's just, you know, I mean, what a, what an absolute sweetheart. He deserves everything that he gets. You know, there are just some people, as you know, yeah. that so deserve the world. They deserve everything. And Ed O'Neill is just one of those guys. He seems nice, too. Yeah, such a sweetheart. What such about a... Seinfeld? How was that? Oh, we're going to get into that. We are. We're going to get that. What does that mean? Is there something I should know? Oh, oh, you don't know. Oh, I just blew my cover. Tell me all about Seinfeld. The good, the bad. Oh, my God. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, But when Jerry... um, So, I was doing WKRP in Cincinnati, and our show shot... uh, Right, our studio shop right next to each other. And Jerry and I parked next to each other every day. And so you get three weeks off and one week on. Uh, three, three weeks, you shoot for three weeks and then one week off. So it was my week off. And I was on my way to Palm Springs. And my agent calls me and she says, you just got booked on Seinfeld. And I said, okay, great. Well, I'm on my way to Palm Springs. And they're like, no, you need to turn around and come back because you're shooting this week. I'm like, this is my vacation. And, and I was supposed to be there on Monday. And I said, if they, she goes, no, you need to come back. And I said, no. She goes, are you turning it down? And I said, yeah. So she calls them and she calls me back and she goes, they said that you can take it, your vacation until Wednesday when you do the walkthrough for the executives from the network if you'll come back on Wednesday. And I was like, Seinfeld, the biggest show on the air, is going to let me only work for two days, like get my lines down, do my, you know, uh, my walkthroughs and everything for the EPs, and then shoot for the live audience. And they did. And, and it, was, it was so much fun. And that was the episode, I don't know, it was called The Nose Job. Yeah. And that was the episode where Jerry's penis and his brain were playing a chess game. Yeah. And, and I was such an obnoxious actress and she was a bad actress and she made Jerry read her scripts with her. And it was killing him, but he wanted to sleep with her so bad. So the the chess game was just genius. And he dressed up as a penis. And then he dressed up as like a knight from a you know, chess game. And I, I, I was so lucky that they were like, we'll pay you the same. Just work two days. Just please do the show. 
and um, and it was really it worked out really nice. Did Jerry know that you were like I'm not coming back? Like, did it get to that level? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was um, it was Jerry's way of um, asking me out. Well, first, when you say I'm not coming back till Wednesday, <laughs> what does Jerry say to that? Like, who the hell? I mean, he knows who you are, but who the hell is right. this? Like, Right. Well, like I said, Jerry wanted to ask me out to dinner, but was a little nervous to ask me out to dinner. So when I said, no, I'm not coming back till Wednesday, he was like, well, at least she's doing the show. So he was like okay i think i think had he not wanted to take me out he would have been like like never like get this girl off the lot we don't want to have anything to do with her she's never working on she'll never work in this town again um and and he let me let me get away with that so how did he want to ask you like he just you knew he wanted to ask you out or you didn't know until the show. I didn't I didn't know until after we were done shooting and then he said, Do you want to go grab dinner? And we proceeded to grab dinner for the next six months. How what was that like? <laughs> Dating Jerry? Yeah. Yeah. It was um he oh my goodness. He, he was he Everybody expects Jerry to be this, like, um, gregarious, uh, outgoing, you know, laughing, everything. And he's so quiet and so subdued in life because he's observing. He's looking. He's watching. So we'd be watching the show together, and something would happen on the show, and I'd go, what? What? I, I said that to you. Wait a second. That's a conversation that we had. So he would use what was going on in our relationship on the show. And that's how he wrote the show. Wow. So it was really interesting, like watching Elaine or some other girl, you know, reading lines that I had said to him just at dinner or in the morning or what have you. That's got to be kind of surreal. Yeah, that was, that was really, that was interesting. It was interesting. But he's, he's another, he's like, I mean, I could say he's like the one I let get away. I, what an idiot. I mean, he's such a great guy. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to Chuck Finley, my baseball boyfriend, who it didn't work out. And he's the father of my children. And I can't say anything bad about him. But I would have had so much fun with Jerry. You know, so. You'd probably be living on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Then we could really hang out all the time. Exactly. And then my place in the Hamptons and the whole thing. Yeah, so. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad way to go. No, no. 
did he ever bring it up like, you know, we almost cut you when you were not going to come in until Wednesday? Or like, did he ever like joke about it later on? Like, you know, we wouldn't wait for anyone. Like, you're lucky I wanted to take you on a date or? Um, n- no, but I did know they ran an extremely professional uh Nobody was going to get away with that. I mean, that you just, you don't do that. I mean, who do you think you are? Harrison Ford? Your agent, your manager was probably like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, exactly. So, um, yeah. So I, I was very, I was, I was lucky. I was a lucky girl. But people, people, it's crazy, David. People will come up to me and I think they're going to be like bachelor party, Hercules, uh, white snake, whatever. And they're like, I saw you in Seinfeld. And I'm like, how did you recognize me from Seinfeld? That's crazy. Seinfeld fans are like die hard. Die hard. I did a podcast a couple months ago, and it was a guy from um, a couple guys from Ireland, and that's all they do. They're just their whole podcast is just Seinfeld, Seinfeld episodes. That's all they wanted that's, to talk about. That's all they do. That's all they do. And wow. there's enough material, and and he's and he's a genius, and such a sweetheart. So how did you break up with Jerry? Were you, I mean, how did that come about? Well, that's an interesting story. So I was, um, I was, I had been dating um, Chuck Finley, the baseball player guy who I ended up marrying. And we were, we had broken up. And so I started dating Jerry and um, towards the end of our relationship, Chuck called me and he said, we're going to be playing the Mariners this weekend. I would love for you to come um, visit. And I've never cheated on a boyfriend in my entire life. And I took him up on it. And Jerry wanted me to go. There was a, you know, a big to do paparazzi party thing. And I said, I couldn't go. And I skipped town and went up to Seattle and um, came back. And about a month and a half later, um, I didn't get something that girls get every month. And I was like, what's going on? I took a pregnancy test. I was pregnant. So not only did I break, have to break up with Jerry, I had to tell him that I was pregnant. And I was pregnant with, I mean, it's not bad enough, like going, listen, you love me, I love you, we're great together, we have so much fun, but I'm just not feeling it. It's another thing to say all that and go, and, you know, by the way, I'm pregnant. So this Well, is I how- cheated on you and I'm pregnant. Right, exactly. 
but this is how this is this will tell you everything you need to know about jerry so the reason why i had to tell him was we worked every day right next to each other right so he was gonna see my stomach getting bigger and bigger and bigger it wasn't like i could just go like bye-bye and never see him again he would come up from behind me put his arms around me and go you are the most beautiful pregnant woman i've ever seen in my life i cheated on him i broke up with him because of that and he does that i i i mean jessica signs all this god the greatest husband known to mankind yeah yeah schmuck i got schmuck written all over my face well i was gonna say when he was coming up behind you and hugging you and telling you this were you like i made the wrong like hold on people maybe let me reverse hold on <laughs> i was like could you maybe counted the days wrong like could you be off like by a week and a half like are you sure um and uh yeah no it just you know things are just meant to be right well when you were telling jerry you were breaking up because you were pregnant before you got into all the details was he like wait what like i'm a father i'm going to be a father <laughs> no i i broke up with him first I let him down easy first and then kind of I didn't mean to but like it probably felt like I sucker punched on with the oh and as I'm walking out the door oh and by the way I'm pregnant you know it, I mean it's just like like a scene out of his I'm surprised he didn't use it in one of his shows seriously Yeah, like Kramer, like that would have been so something that happened to like Kramer or one of those guys. Did you interact with like Julia Louis-Dreyfus yeah. a lot? We were pregnant at the same time. How was that? How how was she? It was is she was she was great and um you know it, we were the only two girls on the lot that were pregnant so we were back and forth like okay, so how are your contractions what you know what what stroller should i get we were we were constantly back and forth talking about and they all knew because they all knew that we were dating and then they knew that i kind of you know broke jerry's heart and they were still just a great really great group of people that's good yeah Have you ever dated someone that we would know of that we don't know about? Do you have any secrets, Tawny, that you're not telling us? <laughs> um, there's a website called Who Who's Dated Who. Have you been on that? Have I've, you seen I've seen it. I haven't seen it for you. Yeah. But I've seen it. There is there is probably like okay and you have to remember it's like high school right it's like like we were talking about earlier it's 
it's high school. So when you break up with that person, the only other person you know is another rock star from another band or another actor. Um, so that who dated who, there's about five guys on there that, that are just my leading men and that I never dated. So, um, I, okay. Um, I, okay, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was, I'm saving it for my book, but I'll give you a, I'll give you a bit of this. Okay. So, um, there was a guy who was chasing after me, um, really wanted to, to date me and kept, was very persistent. And um, we went out, I dated him for a little while, nothing ever happened, he was a complete gentleman. Um, went out to dinner every night, um, he would drop me off at my house. Um, I got pneumonia. I had to go to Cedar Cyanide for a week. I loved the escargot from Wolfgang Pucks. So every night, this guy would go to Wolfgang Pucks and pick up my escargot and deliver it to me and sit with me in my room and chat. And it was Harvey Weinstein. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, there's so much to unpack. It's like, I mean, so he was a total gentleman. Yeah. With me, he was. He was. I I have a feeling, and, and this is not in any way, shape, or form, does this have to do with all the girls that he was deserves to be in jail for? But I think the girls that he wanted to marry, like I don't think he treated the girl that he ended up um, uh, babbling Mishka, you know, Georgina the, Chapman. Right, exactly. I don't think. He treated her in that horrific way. He didn't treat me in that horrific way. And I'm sure that there are other girls that he wanted to have serious relationships that he didn't treat like that. And so I didn't experience that other side of him. I never even saw it. So imagine my shock when I heard that this was his MO with girls and not having that experience with him. I, I, I was completely blown away, completely blown away and, and disgusted. And, and there was a part of me that was like, no, not Harvey. And then the girls kept piling up and up, and then uh, the numbers kept growing and growing. And I was just, I mean, it's, it frightened me. It scared me. Um, but, I w- but he never put me in that situation. How long did you date him for? 
Uh, it was about a, a month and a half, two months. But I'm a real prude. I'm like, you know, like it takes a long time for, like I have a three month rule and I've never, at my age, I've never had a one night stand. Really? What is it about you that you're getting all my secrets out of me, David? That's what people, people say about me. tell you? Do you do this to people? People tell me that I have a disarming way and just, we, you know, we can talk. You really do. I cannot believe I am telling you the story. Tell I me. Anybody, like, I'm like, oh my, you really, you really are so disarming. You're so good at this. Well, oh that's God. good, I guess. Listen, it's okay. Just you're amongst friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, how did it end with Harvey? Was it you who ended it or he ended it? Because you have this three-month rule. Was that part of why he ended it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I. He was, him and his brother were living in LA at this time and Miramax had just um, started to, you know, pick up steam. And, uh, and he wasn't my rock and roll type. And, you know, you look at him now and it's like, oh my God, did I dodge a bullet in so many ways. I feel so bad for his wife. I mean, look what he did to her. Look how he ruined, I mean, I mean, all those years, all those great years that she gave him. I mean, it's just, it's an absolutely horrible story. And I am, you know, the opposite of with Jerry, like, hmm, Kathy got away. And Harvey Weinstein, I'm like, yay. I'm glad I had the foresight or something that made me say, mm, no, uh-uh. When did but, you date him? Like the 90s or? Um, it was right, it was the mid 80s, like around um, like 84, 85, like right before David right before David Coverdell and I started dating. Um, but I mean, he was doing everything right. He was like, you know, opening up my car door, putting my napkin on my lap, pulling my chair out. I mean, going to uh, uh, um, Wolfgang Puck's restaurant every single night, bringing me lunch every day, bringing my, like I said, my escargot. He would have, he, you know, and I knew he was going to, I mean, he was on track to be a very wealthy, you know, cat, a great catch for somebody. But there was just, I don't know. I don't, I'm so glad. I'm so lucky. Right. So it wasn't that you just felt like it wasn't that you didn't, like you didn't feel anything. Like he had this dark side. It was just, you didn't connect with him. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, he just wasn't, you know, I, I mean, I was still in my rock and roll phase. And um, 
he was just so persistent and so good to me and and you know anything that a girl would want attentive all of those you know great qualities and and now he's in jail for being one of the worst human beings on the face of the earth I, it just, it, it blows my mind. And if you didn't have this three month rule and you weren't a good girl, God knows. God knows. God knows. Is that like a misconception of you because you are the girl on the hood yeah. of the white snake video? Was that, yes. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the saying, of, of course you do sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, there, there were no drugs. Um, there was sex only because we were married and there was rock and roll, but you put those three things together and it just, you know, like connotes this, um, this lifestyle, um, that, that I, that I never lived. And, um, and yet people are always, trying to put that on me um and it and it i mean look it used to bother me when i was younger um but i think it bothers me now because i'm a mom and i don't want my girls to you know to like think and associate that so i'm in the middle of writing a book right now because if i don't write my life story somebody else is going to and they're going to do it off of sound clips that aren't true and aren't real about me so it's really really important that i get my book out that makes sense yeah i mean even if i only sell two copies you know it'll be your story i mean i'll i'll buy one if it will make you feel good Thank you. I'd appreciate that. You'll come back on. You'll talk all about it when your book comes out. Yeah, exactly. And then there will be a lot more secrets we can talk about. Okay. Because then I I won't pry you for any more secrets. You've given me one. And like, (laughs) I mean, I would like them all, but I guess I should just be happy with one. I mean, the Harvey Weinstein story is a pretty, I mean, you got me. No one has been able to get that one out of me, and you got that out of me, so. I didn't see that going in that direction. No. I, I figured some I other actor. Your face. your face was like, you. it was the first time I saw you go, I don't have any words. And like, it takes, I have nothing to say right now. And it takes a lot for me to get there, because I've heard everything on this yeah. show. Yeah. Have your girls seen, like, all your stuff, like Seinfeld and the White Snake video and all, like, Bachelor Party? Or do they not watch her? You know, I don't know. My girls um, pretend that they don't know that I ever worked a day in my life. Um, uh, And it's so funny when people, like I kind of mentioned earlier, when people come up and ask me for my autograph, my girls, like, go the opposite direction. Um, but, um, when, when they were in high school and Facebook was the thing, 
people would post my videos on their on their wall on their facebook wall and um I i'm sure they that love that but i know to, i'm sure I, yeah like they weren't happy about that at all at all at what all. about do you did you love doing like all the reality tv you did like surreal life no no oh my god put those words back in your mouth that was the worst experience, David, ever on the planet. Why? Because, okay, so I come from scripted TV where, you know, everything has to match. Like, if you do this in the master, you've got to do it in the three-quarter. You've got to do it in his angle. You've got to do everything has to be, as you know, exactly if I'm like this, I gotta do. If I finish the sentence like this, I've got to. Think. In reality TV, it's not like that. So there was this scene, and I was sitting around the table with uh, the group of people, and they wanted to make me look like I was like um, dumb, an idiot, something. So. I asked a question, they cut to the other people staring at me, which they were during the question, but they did it to cricket sound. And then me folding up a, a, something I taught my kids, folding up a napkin and I can put it on my head and look like a bunny rabbit. So they put all that together and made me look like I was just this bimbo, this dumb, insane person. And I, I'd never really done reality TV, so I didn't know they could do that. David, it was the worst experience of my entire life. Really? Yeah. That's a like, welcome to reality TV, because it doesn't oh stop from, it doesn't, it only gets worse after that. It's, is that, I mean, is that like the norm? Yeah. I I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, the, you know, producers will act like your friends, I'm sure. Right, but right, right. They you, want you the dirt. Do you interview a lot of reality stars? Tons. All the housewives. All of your housewives that live right there in Orange County. I don't know if you know any of them. Okay, can we have a timeout about the housewives in Orange County? Sure. I want to just make a PSA for Newport Beach, the city I live in. They do not, and I repeat, do not represent Newport Beach in any way, shape, or form. They are characters, caricatures, of overblown, oversexed, over money. Like we don't, we don't live like that in Newport Beach. I don't know where they find these girls, but they so do not represent. And I scream at the TV every time it comes on. I want to put a disclaimer out there going, this is not Newport Beach. I, nobody in Newport Beach, like, even has anything to do with them. 
and they're running around the city acting like they own it and it drives me crazy. And there's a lot of them now, if you take all the past, I mean, we've gone through a lot of seasons here. There's a lot, they're everywhere now. Do you think that that those kind of shows are going to, do they still have steam? It's starting to change, I think. The ratings are down. It's really strange. COVID, there's a lot of shows that have ratings that have decreased in COVID, which I would have predicted the exact opposite, but everything has gone down. I think it's the tide is turning. I know, it's weird. I think the tide is turning. That's just my opinion that it is the same thing 15 years later. You could change out the cast, but it's similar and there's a lot of different franchises. I think where reality TV is going, there's going to be a decline in Housewives shows. I just think the ratings, I don't, that's just my opinion. Yeah. It's already started. I mean, the ratings are down for every franchise, more or less, except maybe Beverly Hills, but that's based on certain circumstances and reasons why. Right, right. I mean, I, my guilty pleasure, besides seeking sister wives, I love that show, um, is the New York Housewives, because they really do have the money. They're not borrowing it from a friend so they can pretend to be on a housewife show. So um, I think they're authentic and and maybe the Beverly Hills wives um, as well. But I think they've watered, this is just my opinion and I have no idea. I think they've watered down the brand so much that it's like, who cares? It, there's, it's too many. I think the mistake was adding, I love Salt Lake, but they added Salt Lake Housewives. And now it's a great, that is a great franchise, but I think now it's too much. It's on like way too much. And I think it's tipped the scale that people are actually starting to get bored. I, I really do. And I mean, the dramas, you kind of don't believe half of it anymore. It's just, do you know any of the Orange County Housewives, past or present? Um, one of, (laughs) so, um, my ex-husband, his ex-girlfriend, who we couldn't stand each other, um, while they were dating, have turned into best friends. So I got her in their breakup and she is, she is now my, like, closest dearest friend in the whole world and her best friend is that kelly girl kelly dodd kelly dodd and that girl drives me crazy and she said tawny if you met her you would really really like her she said, but the producers, because she was going to do the show, she said the producers or a, a couple people that, you know, like line producers said, if you do the show, you and Kelly will end up hating each other. Because I guess they pit people against each other. Yes. 
Yes and yes. I say yes to all of that. Yeah, yeah. So your ex-husband from White's, from, I just need to break it down. Your ex-husband from White Snake? No, I married a, um, a pretty famous uh, baseball all-star Hall of Famer uh, baseball player. And he dated someone after you guys broke up, and this girl's best friend is Kelly Dodd. Yeah, one of her best friends. Yeah, her best friend is Kelly Dodd. Now, my the, my girlfriend ha- actually took my picture in to get plastic surgery to look like me. And so Chuck has a type. So they started dating, and she has no... She's like, girlfriend, I took your picture in to get my plastic surgery to look just like you. And I'm like, well, thank you for at least being honest about it. She's had 42 surgeries. And that's what those girls, I mean, they're all like in every second getting everything done. Yeah. You know? I does, mean, she, does she look like you now that she's had all this done? Um. I think I think we look a, a little bit alike. She's have so, she's really pretty. She's a really pretty girl, um, and and there's we look familiar. We look like like we could be sisters, but she's like she's like out to here. She's got the really thin waist. She's like. You know, just like those girls that do way too much. Less is more. Less is definitely more. Like, listen, I see where it could be addicting, but you got to know when to stop. Like we said earlier, you got to pick an age and go, okay, this is where I'm going to grow old from. You can't just keep. Yeah. Because, but then you, you look at, like you said, like a Rick Springfield who still looks like, you look at like John Stamos. Like, there's people that are looking really good for their age. At least the guys. Yeah. I even think, think Billy funny? Idol looks good oh, for I his age. Oh, I love... Oh, he looks... Yeah. He looks good. Do you think John has had any work done? I mean, first of all, he's in that freak of nature category, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Rob what, like Lowe. Rob- yeah, like, I just Bacon. don't... Yeah. And, yeah. like... Who else did I think was in that? There was someone else, like, right, Rob Lowe, John Stamos. Yeah, Kevin Bacon, too. John Stamos and Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, right, right. But John Stamos, I don't get, he does not have one wrinkle on his face. It's like, I don't know, it seems all natural to me. And he hasn't changed. It's not like you go, okay, Kenny Rogers. This is why when people are hot and young, I tell people, I'm like, just like some people are just hot and then they just grow old. You're like, it's just, you never know who's going to grow old, like gracefully and just have the luck of genes. It just, it, that's right. what it is. It's like, right. you're hot and you're like 22. Like that means nothing to me. Like just, you just wait. I don't care right. how much you're trying now and keep it together. <laughs> it doesn't work this way. It's just, it's, you can't define just genes. It's just, that's what it is. So true. So true. So I just think like a John, like John Stamos could have been a whole different thing 
Like you never knew he was as good looking as a lot of other people when he was younger. He just, I think has like that luck, like a Rob Lowe. They just right. have the luck on their side. It's just, you have good genes. Because right. Rob Lowe right. too, I mean, just like is looking really good. Oh, he's looking, he's looking so good. He's looking I mean, I don't know who's going to say no to that. <laughs> Wait, His so you- wife is going to say no to all the other... All She'll the, say uh, no to all the others. Exactly, exactly. So, so wait, so you've hung out with Kelly Dodd through this friend of yours? And you're no, not a fan? Oh. no, I'm afraid to. I'm afraid she's going to beat me up. I mean, she's, she's a tough cookie. She I mean, is. I don't know her, like I said, so I could be completely talking out of turn, but she's put herself up there on a reality show so i guess i'm allowed to talk about her right yeah and we don't agree our politics couldn't be more device i mean like what are we gonna talk about and you don't drink so you know that i've never drank i've never drank you didn't in my entire life i've never I've never had a drink. So what again? Because I don't, I didn't watch it. What did you go to celebrity rehab? What were you on celebrity rehab for? Because um, it was during the strike, and um, um, every year, and and um, mind you, Dr. Drew and I have known each other since the early '80s. I used to do uh, love lines with him, like at least once a week, huh. every year for like. 10 years like I would I would be on the show so it was um uh, uh the actor strike nobody was working nobody was getting a paycheck and they had favored me and so every year they always had every season they always had somebody who was um sober or um didn't have a problem um because you can't just have a room full of crazy people there's always got to be one person sitting in the middle going, like, what's going on here, right? Yeah. Because um, that's that's the person to watch. You know, that's that's the crazy. I was on such a great episode, though, David. I had Rodney King. I had um, Gary Busey. I had Jeff Conaway. Um... I had, I had some other really, really interesting people. But so, so Drew called me and he said, listen, um, you know, no one's working. No one wants to cross the line. Um, I said, well, what does it pay? And he told me it's favored nations. And I said, come back to me with a better offer. And he did. And it's been long enough where I can say that because normally you can't say stuff like that. And he gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. And so I said, what's three weeks out of my life to make this kind of money and, and go hang out and get some free therapy? Like, who can't use that? So um, they stuck me in a room with a beautiful girl uh, a model, her name was Amber, beautiful, beautiful girl. And she was coming off of 
um, like heroin and Suboxone, which... I don't even know what that is. Suboxone is a... Suboxone is a drug that... It's... It's a drug that, like, counteracts heroin, so I don't even know why you would mix the two, I guess. But so she is, like, jonesing. Everybody around me is jonesing. And, um, you know, I'm glad I did it. Oh, Sean Stewart was on the episode. He's a cutie pie. He is a cutie pie. Did you know his father just from your music connections in the day? Um, you know what? I never, that was before my, I never got to meet Rod Stewart. And Rod Stewart has aged pretty well, I think. Talk about aging well, right? He still looks good. He looks amazing. And he's got to be, like, my ex-husband is going to be 70 this year. So Rod's got to be in his 80s. I think if he's not, he's close there too, yeah. Yeah. He holds up well. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really glad that I did the show. Um, but, and they were really nice to me in editing. They weren't like the surreal life. And that had to do with Dr. Drew and our relationship. You know, so he didn't want to make me look like a, you know, a jerk. So I was real, and I knew that going into it. I knew he was going to be kind to me so, so worth it. I, yeah you I see you hold out on jerry seinfeld you hold out on celebrity rehab it all worked out get more money you know you get to date jerry for a few months right i'm holding out now and i'm single david listen when i come there we will I, i'm single too so you find someone for Are me you? and i'll find someone for you yes got so anyone we'll, for me we'll, be, we'll wingman for each other we'll wingman there's, yeah. I, every time I come down there, I'm the, I think the guys are cute. Oh my goodness. You go to Laguna? Of course they are. Is that why you want to come out? No, I just need to, I, I need to make an LA appearance and then I kind of need to make an appearance down there and I'm just like, I'm going to do the rounds. Yeah. We need to go to the quiet, the quiet woman. We're going to run into all the housewives from Orange County though. That's where they all hang out. And after they see this, they're going to jump me in the alley. You didn't, you didn't say anything bad about any of them. I just figured that you, I didn't know if you knew like a Vicki Gumbelson or a Tamara Judge or like who else. Oh, well, did you ever meet Heather Dubrow from doing Botched? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't meet her. She did the right thing. She did the right thing by leaving that show and keeping her dignity. I think after being called the C word by Kelly, I think that really shook her. And she went, what am, what am I doing? What am I doing on this show? You know, well, I don't need the money. My husband's making bank. Like this, this people with like, not a lot of class, you know? And I, I mean, they're there. I'm a, like I said, I'm allowed an opinion. Um, I th- I think that I think she made. I think she did the right thing, don't you? I mean, listen. I always say to people like, if you want the fame, you have it after one season. So people know who she is. So you don't need to stay on the show for fame. 
And unlike most housewives across every franchise that do need the money, yes, Heather Dubrow does not need the money. No, yes. she does not. They, they are fucking loaded. Yeah. And the yeah. real deal, and where everyone else, 98% of the housewives are living above their means, and it's all smoke and mirrors, and if you scratch, there's oh no money God. there. No, there's you no just, real money there. There isn't. I talk about this all the time. There's just not. You, but but you, you're the first person that I've heard say that, and, and, and you're right, and know that. Like, I, I was under the impression that nobody, nobody knew that, and A and B... Nobody had the guts to say the truth. There's no money. I mean, like, yeah, you're renting this big house, but you're also in debt. So, I mean, once you owe money and you're negative, you don't have any money. Like, I don't care what it, how big your house is or how many clothes you have. You're in debt. You are negative in your worth. You have no money, period. Heather Dubrow has a shitload of money. Right. So right. I agree, like whatever the salary is after so many years, it is good after like three years plus, but Heather Dubrow right. does not need it for what you have to go through. Right. And then the girls um, with the money that they do make, because they're all trying to keep up with not their own franchise, but they're trying to keep up with the Beverly Hills franchise, spend all their money on clothes. So then they waste all their money that they've made on clothes that they're selling on the real real now to try to try to get their money back it's, yeah it's i mean the bad. show you spend money on the show because no one wants to wear the same thing twice on tv right right exactly what so, about were you happy with i mean i know you've had them taken out but were you happy with terry's work on your boobs or you were not you know, he did, um, to take him out and to take what the skin that's left over and to make it um, presentable, I have to tell you, he did a phenomenal job. He really, really did. He's expensive, too. Like, how much? I mean, I would think he is, but, like, how much would that have cost? Um, I think his his um uh boob job or whatever the uh breast job i think they're anywhere between 15 and 25 which if you go to a normal doctor they're anywhere between seven and like 13 his tummy talks are um anywhere between 25 and 35 so I know eventually, not now, but like maybe in the next couple years, I'm going to do, um, and then I'll, I, then that will be the age I grow old from. I'll probably do a lower, you know, just to do up the lift up the neck and just be, just that. Not because yeah. I don't need the whole. Um, but right now, a girlfriend of mine who's 42 just had it done, and. And Dr. Ambe um, here in Newport Beach, pretty famous guy, um, $28,000. Surgery is not... I always say, I am telling you, I am convinced. I think if everyone had the money or the threshold for pain, I think everyone would get work done. I'm truly... 
I, I agree with you. I agree. You, you either don't have the money, and I'm not looking down on that. I'm just having an no, honest discussion. It's, it's or you just don't have the threshold for pain. And sorry, it's painful. You have to do what you got to do, but you get over it. Pain is be- beauty is, what's the expression? Yeah, like I think beauty is pain is the, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm all for it. I actually have a high yes. threshold for pain when it comes to that. I've yeah. even been told when I've been sitting there having things done, they're like, wow. And I'm like, well, I mean, this isn't a pleasant, but I want the result. So I understand like there's no choice. Right. So I'm just holding my breath and this is miserable, but I will deal with this because I need the result that is to come. Right, right, exactly. I, I, am, I am just so grateful that I've never had fillers because the one thing that I see with women is once they start doing them, they become so addicted to them that they that they overfill and it makes them look older. Yeah. Like overfilling makes you look older. Well, yeah, there are housewives. Like when I'll go down the list and I'll be like, how old is this person? I swear there's at least half that I'm like shocked at how young they are compared to the age that I thought they were. Because of the... Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's like 46. Like I thought she was like 58. Like I can go down the list when I'm like, I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's others that are like 40 or like 39 where I'm like, oh, it makes you look older. It does. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it doesn't, I mean, listen, I think you and I, just by talking to you, I can tell that you're like me. It's like, you know, haters can hate and they can hate all over me. And if they want to hate, let them. Like, what, what am I going to do? Like, kick off every person that says something? Like, say it. I don't care. Move on. But the one thing that does kind of kind of get under my skin a little bit and for a moment, but I let it go, is I get accused constantly that, like I was saying earlier, that these aren't my cheeks, that I've had a nose job, that I've, that my, that these aren't my lips. But if you go back and you look, I've put side by side pictures of me when I was a little girl and the girl I am today. And people will still be like, I posted a picture the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like pondering. And I said, what am I thinking? And one of the comments was, how much plastic surgery you've had. And I was like, dude, like go scroll through my Instagram from years ago. Like, can't, like I'm the same person. Well, also you would admit it because you were on a national TV show, which is watched talking about what you had done. So it's not like you're no. like one of those people that says, oh, I've never had anything done. And yet- you know, like, I think like you have people like JLo, I'm not saying just, I'm picking her as an example. There was this big thing where she says all she uses is honey. She's never had a shot of Botox in her life. I, come on. Are you serious? I mean, JLo. She said that? Yeah. She stands by that she's never had anything. And I mean, like nothing, no Botox, no needle, nothing. Sleep, water, and honey. No, 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 no. That's, I mean, if that were the case, we'd all be walking. I mean, Botox, the only reason I haven't had it done in two and a half years is because 
of this thing that that guy did from Saudi Arabia, or I'd be in every seven months. You should have got like, all his information. Like, whatever this is, like... I know. Two years. I know he went back. He couldn't stand our FDA and not letting us do certain things here that they do over there. And he was like, I'm done. And he packed up and he went back. But it's still been two and a half years. Come on, J-Lo. That's not fair to the... I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get down on her, but that's not fair to the rest of the, you know, middle America who's like going okay, I'm going to try that. When they want the results that J-Lo has, like, be honest. Yeah. Be honest. Like, I don't see how there can't be anything. I, I don't get how that. Can there, how can there not be, how can there not be anything? Like, there, there's somebody else like that that is just so... And and it's just um, like swears that they never no, got it right. Like uh, like does Julia Roberts like it? Oh, Jennifer Aniston, like she has never admitted to anything. And I'm like, you don't look that good without getting a little forehead stuff done. I don't get what, what's the stigma? You'll still get parts. I mean, like I just told you, I am going to, um, when the time is right, which will be in the next couple of years, a lower facelift. I'm not trying to look like anybody else. I'm just trying to refresh what I already have. Right? What? When my time comes, I will, I'm, I'm not going down without a fight. Like my age is not, it's going to be an old age that I just give up and just, it, I, it will happen. But I agree when I need that, I will be right there. Yeah. Except for here's the deal. First of all, I believe, I believe, and this is for your listeners. I think they really like, listen to this, please. You do it before you need it. And since things, and my, okay, so my whole thing is like, okay, so I, I'm, I've been like lately going, you know how you go in the mirror and you're like, yeah. do I, it's so expensive now. How, exp- if I wait the two years that I'm thinking about, it's going to be $40,000 by the time I'm done waiting. But the only positive is that the, really the amount of things that change every two years, like the, like it's amazing what they can do now. So true. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm all for, like if someone out there is like, I just don't believe in it, but more, you know what? You are more secure as a person. Like I actually envy you. I'm not looking down on you. I envy you. I wish I. God bless you. God bless you. It would save a lot of money and a lot of other things, but like, so more power to you. You must be so secure inside. I am just not that person. <laughs> I mean, it's just not me. So if I'm going to be my authentic self, I'm going to get work done till the last yeah. day and of you my know life. What? I don't even think it has to come down to insecurity. I think it comes down to you've been looking at something for so long that to see it change is like, 
that sucks. I mean, yeah. it's as simple as that. It's like, that sucks. Like, yeah. Like, like, I'm looking, I'm starting to look, and I'm like going, that sucks. And it has nothing to do with my insecurities. It's just, that's not fun. No. And like you look and you're like, I don't even know who this is in the mirror. So I want to fix this. So I look like <laughs> I recognize myself because I've lived exactly. with myself for this long. So that's true. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, does Dr. Terry know that you had your breasts taken out that or replaced that he's done? Oh, put back in. Yeah. put back I'm, in. I'm sure he, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. His girls, his, uh, the girls that work for him follow me on, on my social so yeah i'm sure they do um the uh, i'm sure he does but the other thing i because i was just touching it do you know that i get people that i don't even know come up to me and they put their hands in my hair and they're like are those extensions and i'm like can we meet first like what's your name like, can you get your hands out of my hair? You have good hair. I have, I have, I, well, I'm Jewish. And Me I've too. Got this, uh, you are. I'm, an, I'm a nice Jewish girl, honey. You, we both are, so you know about being a nice Jewish girl, like we were talking about. So this is like my Jewfro, that's what I call it, it's my, my Jewfro. It's really good hair. Thank you. You know what I forgot to ask you as we slowly wrap up, you know what I meant to ask you yes. when we were talking about all the people you dated. See, you just threw me off with Harvey Weinstein. I was like, I, I couldn't I, recover after that. No, you, yeah, you've been trying to get back on track ever since. But regarding dating, what about, I mean, it's out there, what about OJ? OJ and I went to, had a couple really, really nice dinners. Um, he, at the time, I mean, again, like, I get these guys when they're these nice guys and then they end up being like rapists and murderers. And I mean, not all of them, just a couple of them. Um, but I dated Marcus Allen. And that was my boyfriend. And we hung out with OJ um, a lot. And so people um, get that confused but there was a competition between the two of them constantly. They were always trying to date each other's girlfriend. And so I did go out with OJ for a short time. And then um, Marcus swooped in and swept me off my feet. And he is just a, a really, really lovely, lovely human being. Marcus. Lovely guy. Yeah. Marcus Allen. Well, yeah, because if you Google it, it says you had a tawdry affair with OJ. Yeah. Well, what's really sad is Rob, my old boyfriend that died um, of, uh, um, well, he had hair, he had AIDS, but he checked himself out of the hospital and gave himself a fatal dose of heroin and he shot up and he killed himself. Um, but what he did um, when he was running out of money was, which goes back to circling back to my book, um, he was selling stories about me and it broke my heart. Um, but the only stories that would sell 
were the ones of me and OJ. And so there's, um, so my girls know all about it, but they don't, they don't know everything. And that's why I'm writing this book. I'm writing the book to tell the truth about what was going on in my life. But that's not to say my name didn't come up during the trial, because it did. And I was scared to death sitting on my bed watching the trial and have Marsha Clark bring up my name to Cato Kalin. And the defense stood up immediately and said, uh, you know, whatever they say, strike that, you know, objection, Your Honor. And I'm like, I'm like, don't bring, don't bring me up in this thing. Like, I have nothing to do with this. I'm married. I have a kid. I haven't seen OJ in probably 15 years. Like, leave me out of this. But they, they, Marsha Clark tried, tried twice to bring my name up in that, in that trial. Scared the living shit out of me. I guess, right, to prove that OJ was having a bunch of affairs, yeah, I guess. Yeah, ex- exactly. And because I was, I was the famous one of all the, you know, he had, he had girlfriends all over the place. Um, I, was the only, I was always the one that kept being brought up all the time. And you never so, got like a scary vibe from going out with him either? No, uh-uh, no. No. Did you ever meet through that brief time with OJ and Mark? Like, did you ever meet like Chris Kardashian or Chris Jenner? I should say. Um, no, I never met her, but I met um, quite quite a few times uh, Robert Robert Kardashian, and everything the way he's portrayed, everything you hear about him, the the sweet pictures that you see. Every single, every single thing that you've heard or seen about him is 100% the truth. And I feel really so sad for Courtney, Chloe, Kim, and, and Robert for losing such an amazing, amazing dad. Because he was, he was a good man. Just think of how different their lives would be if he were still alive. Yeah, it wouldn't be how it is now, by any means. I mean, the Kardashians are the first, the closest thing to a royal family that America has. Love them or hate them. That is a true fact. Yeah, whether you like it or not, you know. And they're proving that they've got talent. Listen. I just just bought um, um, about... I don't know, about $500 worth of skims like three days ago. It's a great product, right? I mean, I don't use it, but it's a great idea. And I mean, like, I know it's based on other things, but still, listen, if you entertain people, like that's what people say, you know, like when they said that about Paris Hilton, it's like, if you're still around 15 years later, 10 years later, it's not luck. It's not being famous for being famous. It's like, you know what you're doing and you know how to entertain the masses and you deserve it. You deserve it. Chris is a genius. Genius. When, do we know when your book is going to be out or you're just writing it now? And I mean, and do you love writing the writing process? 
Um, well, I have, I'm, I'm really grateful. I have an incredible um, ghostwriter um, who lives in Florida. And um, he, an interesting little fact about him is there's 49 guys that are on the committee that pick the, Hall of, the football Hall of Fame guys that go into the Hall of Fame. And he's one of them. Wow. So he's, he's written a lot of sports books. And um, the, the good news about my book not coming out until the end of this year, beginning of next year, is that, um, as you know, because you've interviewed quite a few people who have had to do this, where they're, um, they're on their book tour. Um, mm-hmm. And all those people um, can't... Um, I can't go to Barnes and Noble and they have the fans come. I know. So, I, you know, so they're missing out on a lot of sales. So the fact that mine doesn't come out, like I said, to the end or the beginning, um, I'll be able to do a book tour. So I'm really, really grateful for that. That makes sense because yeah, they're doing these virtual book tours and it, it's not the same. People want, it's- I'm sorry. The selfie is the new autograph. It's been the new autograph for years and people will buy that book to wait in line to get that picture with you. And that's really all they care about. Yeah. You could sign it too. Yes, they would like to meet you, but I'm telling you, they want to leave with that picture and it's that simple. And that is why a book tour will be advantageous. Yes. It's just like the conventions. I mean, people are thrilled to meet you, but they want to leave with that picture. It's just that simple. A hundred percent. Well, A, you'll come back on when your book comes out. Thank you. B, we're going to keep in touch because I have your phone number now. Good, good, great. And C, I'm really going to make it out there soon. So we'll, we'll, we'll hang. All right. I would love that. We don't have to go to drinks since you've never had a drink in your life, which we can talk about in person. Cause I mean, I don't even know how that life exists, but. (laughs) No, everybody I know drinks. So they think that. Like when I meet a new person, they're like, well, how do we hang? I'm like, like I hang with all my friends that drink. Like, it's okay. I have other friends that don't drink. So I, I get it. But I, I, you know what? I proved during, I say this, I proved during quarantine that I am not an alcoholic because I was not so sure there for a minute, but I am just a social girl. Like I, for quarantine, didn't touch a drop of liquor home by myself I'm just like, I have no interest. I didn't drink for months and months and months and months. I'm just a social drinker. It's that simple. So that's what I've learned during quarantine. But I I have friends that don't drink. I I do. Yeah. I just don't drink because when I was 13, a bottle of Boone's Farm uh, peach got passed to me and it smelled like fino polish remover. And I was like, girl, you take the... And, And that's why I don't drink. I've never was the person who got you know pushed to peer pressure so no one peer pressured me and I just said no and and I've never had I've had Manischewitz when I was 12 um and that's the closest thing I've ever had but that was like drinking grape juice but yeah so that's why I don't drink interesting yeah where can everyone find you on Instagram and online Yes, they can definitely find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, which are all verified. And I'm doing my TikTok videos that I'm having a ball doing them. Um, And um, 
oh, and I'm doing, oh, oh, oh. So Yeah, um, this is your chance to plug everything you're doing. You've answered all my questions, so plug away. Thank you, thank you. So um, have you heard of the uh, the radio um, uh, syndicated uh, program company called Monsters of Rock? No. Okay, so Series XM, they're not played in Australia, New Zealand, um, the UK. They're not played. Monsters of Rock, they're played all over the world. And they, they get like between seven and eight hundred thousand downloads a day and they just offered me my own show so every tuesday um starting um after memorial there um i'm doing two hours um on every tuesday my own rock show which is really cool i'm really excited about that and um i'm doing a podcast with a friend of mine called don't you start with me and it's just the two of us, uh, us, us Jewish, uh, just being fetching. Just, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. What are you going to talk about on your rock show? Like just your experiences? Well, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm lucky that they know I'm writing a book. So like I'm shooting a documentary for, well, I just shot the documentary for Van Halen because I was very close to Eddie. And I'm doing a documentary um, on Friday for White State. So um, they're, they're not really making me have to give up all my stories. Um, it's That's just nice. me talking in between and playing the music I want to play. And um, I've never done anything like this before. So I'm really excited. What's Valerie Bertinelli like? Valerie's great. We spent... Um, we, you know, when the boys were on the road, um, her place was obviously a lot nicer than mine. So um, we'd stay at her house um, all the time. And I didn't know it until I read her book that she was doing cocaine. I had no idea. And we were like best friends. And she or she was doing coke. But since I never did any drugs, people didn't do them around me. So she kept it away from me. And, um, but she's, um, she's a tough cookie. She's a tough cookie. She doesn't put up with any BS. Like how so? If she doesn't like you, she doesn't, she doesn't try. She, she won't put on any airs. She's just like mm, done over. I remember one time we were in Burger King. And uh, in the valley, uh, years and years and years and years ago. And uh, someone said, God, you look familiar, but I don't know. I don't know your name. She goes, well, I'm not going to give you my autograph until you can figure out my name. And so the person was like, I can't. I can't figure out your name. She goes, my name's Tawny Katane. And, and that was like, you know, 10 years before I became famous. And I just remember going, that's so cool. Oh my goodness. Like that's what it's like having someone ask for your autograph. And then years later, here I am. 
And final question, now that you brought up your podcast, when like you're doing it with a friend from the OC from Newport Beach? Like no, crazy. no. He's uh, used to being Guns N' Roses and um, um, he's, a, he, he's a rock star. And um, his, uh, he's got a, a podcast called um, um, uh, Talking Wax and uh, Coffee Talk with Attica. His name is Stefan Attica, and the two of us are just the, like the two most Jewish people you've ever heard, just bitching at each other back and forth. And it's so, just, it's don't you don't don't start with me. So you're don't starting you, like a new podcast with him. He's gonna do a yeah, new one with yeah. you. Yeah, and like, we have our Instagram up, and we've already get a bunch of followers, and it's a lot of fun. I'm just keeping busy. You have been so generous with your time. I thank you for everything. You've been a great guest. Thank you. You're fun and you're open and you're honest. So like, what more is there, right? So keep in touch. Everyone needs to follow you. Everyone needs to get the book when it comes out and you'll definitely come back on. And I really appreciate everything. Absolutely. Me too. I really enjoyed hanging with you. Thank you for having me as a guest. And um, I look forward to talking to you again. You too. Keep in touch. I'll send you a text. Uh, All right, I will. All right, sweetie. Bye. Bye. Thanks.